The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Protest about the cost of living and the expected energy crisis and the impact that's going to have on people as we come into the winter. Among them will be Sinn Féin President Mary Lou MacDonald, who's of course TD for uh, Dublin Central, and she joins us now this morning. Um, Mary Lou MacDonald, thank you first, first of all very much for taking the time to come on the show. My pleasure, Anton. As you look to the cost of living crisis that we're facing into in in the winter, energy obviously is prime amongst that. And at the moment, the main Sinn Féin response to the energy cost uh, crisis is to cap prices by paying for effectively the to sustain uh, the profits of the energy companies direct from the exchequer. It seems an odd ideological choice for Sinn Féin. Well, Anton, you're right to say um, that the, the cost of energy is at the heart, really, of this cost of living crisis that is literally crippling families, businesses all across the country. And I very much hope that there will be thousands on the streets today to make their voices heard. The, the, the choice that we have made is one that's designed to do two things, to address in the here and now the affordability question for families, but also to give a level of comfort and certainty through the months of October right through to the end of February. In other words, the hardest of the autumn and winter months, because we know that those are the months of the highest level of energy consumption for for homes. And what I hear, Anton, talking to people is that there are two concerns, uh, concerns around can we pay our bill now? And then a huge fear, and I could not overstate it, that they will be faced with yet another hike and another hike. We know that there are price increases signalled already for October. We have factored that into our our budgetary mathematics. Um, There might well be another price hike in, in the winter months. We have made a contingency for that. And far from this being an odd ideological choice, this, Anton, is the only fair choice to respond to the real pressure but, that people but let me are explain, under. Again, let me, and let but me, hang on a minute, just so because to go back to that me, thing of the ideological yeah. choice within it, obviously the desire to make sure that people are able to pay their bills is laudable. The, the reason I say that it struck me as, as strange ideologically is because in doing it this way, people who, for instance, they might have a 3,000 square foot home, they might be earning hundreds of thousands of euro a year, they may be charging electric vehicles, all that kind of stuff, you will be taking exchequer money that might otherwise be usable in pensions, in social welfare, in health, and transferring it to the wealthy to help them to pay for their bills. In essence, that's what will happen. Well, the the only way that you can deliver a cap like this, and our proposal is to bring costs back to where they were in summer uh, 2021 and cap them for, for a number of months, The only way you can do it is by doing it. And it's an approach that has been taken most recently, actually, in the Netherlands. On the 20th of September, they announced a cap. France has done it. Austria has done it. Poland has done it. So it is by no means uh, unique to Sinn Féin. It it, it is a standard. And by the way, the Commission itself, the European Commission, in its communique uh, back in March, cited price caps as a sensible and a valid uh, policy option. But, Let me address uh, but your just, issue of, of propping up uh, wealthy households. Indeed. I accept absolutely that this crisis is hitting different families and different uh, households at a different level of intensity and middle-income earners and low-income earners are particularly hard hit. 
So with that in mind, uh, another section of our package is direct cash payments and they are very, very conscious. Okay, but hang on, before we just move off um, the energy, because on that one note, I'm intrigued as to why you wouldn't have said, well, look, rather than capping, which means a transfer of cash to the rich, if we leave the rich paying their own way, and le- because in, in much of your other aspects of the budget for change, you are furthering the taxation on the, on the very wealthy and making them pay more. So in this instance, why did you opt? Because, no, but because, why did you opt not to just support the poor? Because Anton, in respect of electricity, is the common denominator across all households. Some households beyond that are reliant on solid fuels, some on gas, some on. But but electricity is the common denominator. We are in a crisis now. We've had a government dithering and delaying for months and not intervening. We want this intervention made and made speedily. And the speedy way to do it is to make it a universal uh, intervention. That's the truth of it. By the way, it has to go hand in hand with windfall taxes. We, we've argued that case, by the way, for months for anyone who follows proceedings in the doll. The government didn't want to know about it. Eamon Ryan uh, specifically didn't want to know about it. But now, thankfully, there are moves afoot at a European level and the government has now opened up its ears and I hope will respond sensibly. So is, in it, that a, is it a matter of speed then is the reason that you're making it a universal it, provision? All of this, all of this is, um, well, in the first instance, it's, it's a matter of what I set out to you, bringing costs back and giving uh, families across the board uh, a level of certainty. And by the way, when you talk about very high income earners, they're certainly out there. They are a tiny proportion of the working population, Anton. The vast, vast, vast majority of households are not high rollers and they're not high earners. As a matter of fact, only 23% of people at work in Ireland pay tax at the higher rate. Like the vast majority we are... Indeed, but it still seems strange that that Sinn Féin would say, well, let them not just paddle their own canoe. So I was just curious, was it it a matter of alacrity or was it a fairness? Well, I hope I've clarified that point for you. We want this to take effect now. We want speedy, decisive action. And then other elements of our our budget for change address the very necessary issue of targeting state resources at middle-income people and at low-income people and indeed those people reliant on fixed incomes or uh, welfare payments. Of course, that has to be, the the balance of the thing has to be in that direction. But we certainly need the kind of measures that we've set up and we need it done quickly. And I really hope that the government don't come up short again on Tuesday on, on budget day. Can I ask you about the sort of the broader context? Because obviously there's the immediate crisis as we face into winter. But then there is the pattern of budgets over the next few years in general budgetary policy. And one of the things that is um, unusual about this year is the sheer quantity of corporation tax that is flowing into the exchequer. One in every four euro is coming in through corporation tax. And out of that half comes from only 10 companies. Are you satisfied that that stays that way into the future? Because much of your budgetary spending is predicated on those 10 companies continuing to cough up that much tax. Well, everybody's budgetary mathematics and proposals will be will be uh, predicated on the realities of where we are now. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. But is that where you are happy to remain? I, I am I am happy to say to you that foreign direct investment and those jobs um, are a component part 
of the Irish uh, economic landscape. But I can also say to you that, that I think it is blindingly obvious that we need to diversify, that we need to balance out the Irish economy, that small uh, and medium enterprises, indigenous enterprises, sole traders, micro-enterprise, we, we need to grow that. And, and to be honest, Anton, I think among sensible people, there is a recognition that that needs, uh, that needs to happen. And I am, um, in talking to business leaders, and indeed even talking to leaders within some of those very large corporates that you have cited, they too have a, a, an understanding and a, an appreciation that there has to be now um, a, a win and a wider uh, dynamic in the economy to build that SME uh, and sector. Have you so any concern? There is an, an imbalance in uh, currently. That Indeed, that have you any concern in terms of how that is done? Because again, you talked about aspects of your proposal. There's things in there about um, removing tax reliefs for people earning uh, significant uh, incomes. There's things in there about removing uh, the pension caps or lowering the pension caps again for people on significant incomes. Have you any wariness that those measures affect those working in the multinational sector on, on whom we are so um, reliant and that they may have negative consequence in the short term? No, uh, I don't. Um, but what I can tell you uh, without fear of contradiction is a huge concern, not just for me, but for everybody, including those organisations, is the whole issue of accommodation, affordable, sustainable accommodation to buy or to rent. And it's really marked, Anton, whoever you talk to now in society, the housing crisis looms large. And that includes amongst the business community. Because think about it, if you want the best and the brightest to come to Ireland, and Ireland is now in Dublin, I suppose in particular, is a real international hub for, for talent. If you want people to come, if you want people to stay, they have to have somewhere to live. They have to have decent infrastructure. And, and essential at the heart of that is decent housing. More to the point, if we want our own people, particularly our younger people, educated to the hilt, energetic, ambitious, skilled, if we want them to stay here, as I do, and uh, build the economy, and contribute to the society, build a new Ireland that I believe we need to construct. Well, then the bottom well, line is, is they need they the houses. Have to be well, able, on they have on to that note, Mary McDonald, can, can I ask about that? Because in, in reading the alternative budget, it was one, or rather, I should say, the budget for change, the uh, Sinn Féin proposals. The one thing I wasn't 100% clear on was what's the total quantum of projected house building? Because you say your priorities include delivering 20,000 homes a year. Later in the document, that, that is rephrased as 20,000 affordable or social homes. So what's the total quantum of house production per year that you would project? Well, for the state-led, it's 20,000 uh, per year. That's, in total? And I, think, and I think that is stated very clearly in the document. Obviously, uh, the private sector, private uh, enterprise, private developers will, will build. I mean, the state isn't going to build everything, but our contention has been and remains that the state has gone to sleep in respect. Now, but sorry, Mary Lou, just again, are you saying that's 20,000 in addition to what is currently being provided year in, year out? Our, our total is, is 20,000 uh, per annum, yes. But that's 20,000. So we, we take whatever is the 2022 number and we plus 20,000 on top of that. No, let me give you the, the, the figures. So uh, currently, in terms of social housing, 
uh, the current government uh, target, which, by the way, they're not meeting. So let me just preface all of this by saying there's no sense in government or anyone else citing targets and then missing targets. Yes, so and this year, this week alone, we've seen reporting on those targets All right. <clears throat> Our social housing uh, target is 12,000. But in what's your total quantum in a given year is your target? 20,000. 20,000 on top of what is currently being built or is that 20,000 in total of new homes? The government target, which they're missing, uh, as we speak, is 12,600. That's, that's affordable, Our that's target. not total. It's social and affordable. Yeah, but I'm talking total provision of new homes because the crisis involves people who are in social and affordable and people who are not. So what's your total home building projection? Our projection in terms of the the government-driven construction is 20,000. Because obviously the crisis, the crisis that we have fits a number of categories. It fits people who can't get affordable housing. It fits people who can't get social housing. It fits people who have the capacity not to need social or affordable housing but can't get homes because there are none there. So it goes beyond affordable and social housing to cure the problem. So what we need is what's the total quantum of new homes that you're projecting? That's all I'm asking. Okay, and what what I can tell you is that the figures I have in front of me and what I'm here to speak to you about is our budgetary proposal. And our target, our annual target, is 20,000 social and affordable homes, public housing provision. And then, of course, the market... But I don't want to harp on it, but that doesn't answer the question. Okay, well then, I'm I'm sorry, I can't answer your question, but I've, I've answered the question in terms of our budgetary proposal and our projections. Okay, can I ask, uh, this week we saw for the first time that the numbers in Northern Ireland reach a position where we had more Catholics than Protestants. Now, obviously that doesn't map directly to uh, political leaning, but there's, there's a fair correlation between it. And one of the things that you go into in quite a bit of detail in the document is the planning for a united Ireland. A number of weeks ago on this programme, one of the things that Bertie Hearn said was that there needs to be a lot of planning for the vote about a united Ireland, because if, if people don't know what it consists of, they may vote no. Do you need to be careful about when you trigger that poll and do you need to do a lot of legwork in advance? Well, I think you need to be careful, Anton, with all due respect, not to split hairs on this issue. Um, Obviously, the planning uh, and the conversation that we have uh, called for now for a very long time is about what the new Ireland will look like, what people's expectations are, what our collective goals can be. Uh, And of course, the, the, the issue of the question of what it will be is actually set out in the Good Friday Agreement. It's either a continuation of the Union or the reunification uh, of Ireland. Within all of that, Bertie O'Hearn and others are quite right. There is an issue of a transitional phase. Uh, there is an issue, but at, at the core of it has to be a collective endeavour to decide what kind of health system we want, what does enterprise, we just spoke about the kind of the balance of the economy. What does that look like? What does education look like? These are, are big issues. Agriculture, I was at the, the ploughing uh, uh, match during the, the week. Agriculture uh, for, the, for the island uh, economy as an island nation. So all of these are big, uh, big things. What's lacking now uh, is the issue of political realism and political will. And would you be so, optimistic that, that you could see the, the unification of the country within your presidency? Well, well yes, I believe so. I, I mean, I've, I've said continuously, and it remains my position, that I believe that we, we can have and that we will have referendums on 
reunification in this decade. Uh, I, I think it's important that, you know, next week, next year, we'll mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. Um, and we'll all collectively, and it was a collective endeavour, mark that as a huge achievement. But then the question arises, what, what next? So the story has to continue. The story of Ireland has to drive on. And I think when you look at the change reflected in the census, reflected in last May's election, when Michelle O'Neill from Sinn Féin uh, emerges as First Minister-designate, when you look at the wider change that, that's evident in the census figures, but also in the politics and the atmosphere in the north, but all across the island, it's very clear. Uh, there are clear straws in the wind. The omens are there. Changes happening now. And I actually think it's a case of politics or should I say the government in Dublin now actually catching up with that fact and getting ahead of it and in an orderly way, in a planned way, in a civil way, in, a, in an inclusive way to start talking that out, forming ideas, sharing ideas. And sometimes, Anton, when, when we uh, pose this notion, people say, well, that's all well and good, but, but unionism won't come. I don't accept that. I think if we have a citizens' uh, assembly, just as happened when Brexit loomed large and when finally we convinced the government of the day it was under Enda Kenny at that time to have a forum on Brexit but to make it island-wide, the DUP didn't come right enough, nor the UUP. Political unionism didn't come. But unionists were there. They were there as farmers, as business interests. The Alliance Party came. So I, I, all of the ingredients there are now, and it's entirely possible to start in a formal way the conversation and the planning for a new Ireland. And I think it's essential. In fact, I think it's reckless, I would go so far as to say, for the government now not to, uh, not to start that process. So we made a provision in our budget for change. I think it's 1.5 million, if memory serves me, um, just to get this up and going. It's not a case of huge resources from the exchequer. This no, is just a, lot a of legwork. question of, of political will. It'll be interesting uh, years ahead to see if it, if it does come to fruition. As I said at the outset, that protest uh, is going to be attended by 30 organisations taking part, including a number of uh, trades unions and a number of political parties, prime amongst them, obviously, Sinn Féin. Uh, and it is going to be kicking off at 2.30 at Parnell Square. Uh, Sinn Féin President Mary Lou MacDonald, thank you very much for coming on the show this morning. Thank you, Anton. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.